Hey everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, February 28th, 2016. So you guys, Victor Newman is going down. I almost cannot believe that this whole Marco thing is coming out again right now because I thought it was long done, like end of chapter, closed book, put away on the shelf. I never really expected to hear about this storyline again. It wasn't one of my favorite storylines to begin with, although I will say that the brilliance of it is the fact that it was a storyline that affected absolutely everything everyone on the Genoa City landscape, yet only just this few little number of people ever even knew that it happened. <laughs> so there are still tons of people who are, are going to find out about this. If they don't already know about Marco, then they will very soon. And if they haven't already started hating Victor, they will very soon. I mean, there's going to be no one left to defend him at the end of all of this. Nikki is the first person who found out about it this week. Then, toward the end of the week, Billy found out about it. What's going to happen when the rest of the Abbots find out about it? Ashley, Abby, what about Victoria and Nick? What happens when Summer, who is staunchly trying to defend Victor right now, finds out that Marco was the man who killed her husband, and oh yeah, it was Victor who set that into motion. I think, of course, she knew Marco was the killer, but she didn't know that her grandfather hired him. So, I, I mean, it's it's hit new levels of, of, of consequences for Victor Newman. Nikki walks upstairs at the athletic club for absolutely no reason this week <laughs> and overhears Jack opening up to Neil about this thing that happened to him, uh, all about Marco and that Victor was the cause of it. Nikki overhears the whole thing. I, I mean... Remember that one brief little moment when Nikki and Victor were happy, like two weeks ago, they were off on vacation and smooching, stealing kisses in the office. Well, that's all over now. Nikki learns the truth. She can't believe her ears. And she says that she's not going to go tell everyone. She's not going to do anything about it. But how could she not? I mean, how could she look at her husband the same way? How could she not want to do something to make him pay? It was a really powerful moment. It was shocking to me that she was learning this. Right as she turned to walk away out the door, there was this great moment where she turned around, looked at Jack, and she said, you know, Victor will never apologize for this, so I will. I am sorry. I am sorry that he did this to you. I am sorry that he did this to Phyllis. It was such a sad but true moment, and I just really appreciated it. It was, it was very um, real followed by a very honest, very real conversation when Nikki walked downstairs to the bar, found Adam sitting there, and started having a conversation with him, saying, you know what, Adam, obviously Victor's holding something over your head. You know, what What do you need him for? You know, you don't need his approval. You don't need anything from him. There's nothing that he really can do to rock your world. So why don't you and I work together 
to overthrow him. My brain practically exploded at that moment. I mean, I could not believe it. That is the kind of talk you would expect to hear from Adam. It's the kind of talk you'd expect to hear from Jack or Phyllis or Billy or anyone else in Victor's life, but not from Nikki. I was shocked that she would suggest that. I mean, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. We all know that, but I, it's just the most unlikely of uh, of person to turn against Victor in specifically that way. I mean, she, of all the people, suggests to Adam that maybe we need to pair up together to rip his company away from him. Maybe that's the solution here. I I have to say I feel a little bit torn because the the probably largest part of me <laughs> thinks this is a fantastic twist. Victor will never see it coming from this angle. I mean, he's got enemies coming from every conceivable angle, but he never would have dreamed that something like this was going to end up coming from Nikki. So there's a part of me that really appreciates it as far as a plot twist, but then another part of me that thinks, why would Nikki do this? What, I mean, it just, it I guess the thing is, she tries to explain it to Adam in this, as it's, it was very similar to the way that she said she wanted to make Victor believe that her and Neil were having an affair so that he would begin to appreciate her. She tells Adam that she wants to overthrow Victor's company in an effort to save her marriage and to save Victor from himself. You know, Victor goes around and is constantly preaching about how family is the most important thing. Well, let's put that to the test when we rip the only other thing in his life away from him, his company. And to me, I just thought, well, what is that all? I mean, do you, I'm surprised. She obviously clearly still loves the man. She feels sick by his uh, by his behavior but then why not just leave him why not just be done with it she was kind of preaching to Adam about you know maybe it's best to just you know you don't need him well then why do you need this revenge Nikki it's kind of it's just it's surprising to me that of all people Nikki would be the one and and maybe that's the also the beauty of it because Victor won't see it coming so I think that's a really good poll question for this week I, I mean I how do you guys feel about Nikki and Adam's secret alliance? Are you loving it or do you think it's just a bad idea altogether? So if you want to go to yrchat.com this week and vote in the poll, I got to hear how you guys are feeling about that because it's it's not exactly cut and dry. <laughs> I think there are going to be people who are falling into two camps with this because on the one hand, it's like, why would you fight betrayal with betrayal? <laughs> but on the other and Victor so totally deserves it, if not for this, then for a trail of other things in his past. So I don't know. You guys will have to let me know how you feel about that. I was happy just to see Nikki confront Victor. That scene where she marches up in his office and starts to say, you know, you need to be held accountable for what you've done. I now know about everything that happened with Marco. You put this criminal amongst us. You put your family, the thing that you claim to want to protect, in danger by putting this man into our lives. Phyllis was violated, which I I just loved hearing her say that. Like, hey, Victor, if just in case nobody has made this point clear to you, 
Phyllis was violated during all of that, and she let it sit there and hang there in the room, and Victor just doesn't care. You know, she, uh, you know, of course, goes right to threatening to leave him, and he says, go then, and she just looks at him and says, I'm already gone. I am already gone. And she leaves the room. It was so powerful. And of course, Eric Braden uh, gives this big power. You know, it was ad-libbed, too. Gives this, you know, gives his response and tosses things around on his desk and just has this childlike fit reaction. That it just, it's just so immature in so many ways. But it was a great, great scene. Um, I, I'm just shocked. Every time I think, though, how could Nikki ever forgive him for this? She ends up finding a way to forgive him. So even though she is presumably leaving him for now, you know that they're going to end up getting back together. Um, and again, she, 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 I keep going back to that conversation with Adam. She loves the man. She wants to be with him. Her, in her mind, she's going to do whatever it is that she's going to do next in order to save him and save her marriage. So I don't know, maybe there will be a Victor Newman redemption moment at the end of this. I'm not sure because he's so far from it right now. Jack made a follow-up visit to Victor's office where, of course, Victor was not happy about the fact that Jack let slip and let Nikki know about it. And Jack had this great, great line where he says to Victor, Nikki was the closest thing you've ever had to a conscience. God help you now. Oh, it's so true. It's like we are really, really, truly seeing the destruction, the self-destruction, really, of Victor Newman. With all of his support system removed, he is going to end up being stuck, just sitting in the ruins and the rubble of, you know, of his life, and he's going to be left holding on to nothing but a big, fat mirror with no one to blame but the person who's staring right back at him. Victoria has been defending Victor and his actions in regard to Noah, but she doesn't know about the whole Marco thing yet. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen because Victoria finds out about what Victor did. She's going to be mad at Victor, but she's going to very soon after find about find out about what Billy did in order to retaliate, and he didn't tell her either. So I'm kind of wondering if those two things are going to end up canceling each other out. Maybe Victoria is going to end up being done with both of them at the end of the day. Um, gosh, I'm a little, I'm a little uncomfortable to think that we are indeed moving toward a Billy and Phyllis relationship. It's, I mean, it, we've talked about it for a month now and toyed with the idea back and forth, but there is something about it that just really doesn't feel right to me. I, and in fact, I'm going to just hope that maybe we're going to leave it in the realm of friendship because I do think that Billy and Phyllis had this wonderful moment of friendship at the rooftop of, um, at the, the new top of the tower when all of the lights were out in town. They were just alone together having wine and just talking about Victor. Victor is their connection point. And in the end, 
Jack is not going to understand why. I mean, he may be able to understand why Phyllis did what she has done with uh, revenge toward Victor, but he's certainly not going to understand why she chose not to tell him about it. And the exact same thing goes for Victoria. So Phyllis and Billy have really this this incredible motivation in common, uh, a common need for revenge, and only the other one seems to get it. I would like to see that form a very strong friendship on the show. I'm not so sure I want to see it form into a, a, a romantic relationship. And there was nothing overt about it uh, that would lead us to think that. It just seems like maybe Weiner is tossing in uh, just a couple of clues. Um, uh, uh, of course, you know, coming from this conversation that they're having, Billy finally asks Phyllis, you know, what, what is your motive? I, I know that you want revenge against Victor, but you know, what did he do to you? It's almost surprising to me that he never asked that question before, and you could tell that Phyllis wanted to tell him. She wants to tell somebody. She's been keeping all of this inside and going out of her way with these ela this elaborate plan against Victor, which she, you know, she took the charge on, and instead of just kind of talking about how she was feeling. So I wanted Phyllis to tell Billy in that moment, very much so. Instead, she kind of begins to cry. He comforts her with a hug, and cold, cold Victoria walks in. <laughs> I'm sure she wasn't really happy to see her husband hugging Phyllis, <laughs> but she doesn't make too big of a deal about it, and Billy, Billy kind of smooths it over with her. And even in the conversation with Phyllis, Billy talked very much about how much he loves Victoria, and I do believe that. Uh, I think the only thing that's really um, overtly going to push Billy and Phyllis together, if it does happen, would be if they completely break up with the, the other, with their significant other. Uh, and it seems like Phyllis is the one that's really moving that forward. Phyllis goes to the athletic club, happy to see Jack, and Jack has to tell her that the secret that she's really wanted to keep a secret is starting to seep out. Um, and I mean, oh my gosh, she, Phyllis was so unhappy about the fact that Jack told Neil and Nikki ended up overhearing. What? You you said this in a place where someone could just overhear that's so irresponsible of you. And I, like, Phyllis just felt so supremely betrayed by Jack sharing that information uh, with, with anyone else. I mean, the Marco story for Phyllis is her ultimate humiliation. Can you imagine how humiliating it would be for people to, to know that about you and to know that happened to you? And in Phyllis's mind, the only thing that she can do to resolve and to redeem is to get Victor back. It is her one single motivation. She's willing to destroy her relationship over it. Uh, and I, to I just, I totally understand her position, but I'm also, I really think she's being harsh and, uh, you know, uncooperative with Jack. It's not just Phyllis's story. This is their story, and it really originated with Jack. Uh, and it, 
it confounds me that Phyllis does not really try to make that connection in with her husband and understand that maybe Jack's not over it either. Jack does, has done a really great job of n choosing to take the higher road and to not just want to go after revenge. He understands that that's a path he's taken many times before and, and, and revenge against Victor never really ends up working in his favor anyway. Jack just only sees revenge against Victor as shades of losing. Uh, but the Marco thing that happened was it was done to Jack and it was done because of Jack. So there's an incredible amount of guilt that comes along with that and Jack is doing his best to work through it, but shouldn't they be working through it together? And it's not Jack that's, that's um, not making that happen. It's really um, Phyllis. Phyllis is the one that is choosing to deal with this all on her own. And that's right there. That's the danger of keeping secrets from from him or from your spouse in general. Um, dealing with some sort of grief separately. You could ask Nick and Sharon about that. You know, they dealt with grief separately when they lost their child and it completely destroyed their marriage. So it's it's something that they should be working through together. But instead, you know, Jack, is trying and it's Phyllis who's throwing up the wall. Everyone seems to need to learn the lesson about Victor Newman the hard way, and Summer is no exception to that. Summer is running around defending Grandpa when it comes to Noah. Oh, he, you just you didn't see him in that hospital room. He just looked so helpless when his family abandoned him. Well, Grandpa's not so helpless. That scene was contrasted with a scene where Victor's in his office pulling a gun on Luca and it just absolutely astonishes me the words that come out of Victor's mouth that justify his actions he's got a gun on Luca and he's saying you know it's because of you that I had to turn on my family um no <laughs> it's because of you that Luca had blackmail material so uh, this all comes back to you, Victor. How could you possibly not see it? I, I can't imagine being so self-deluded that you, that you wouldn't realize that. Well, he gives Luca the opportunity to either leave town or die. I'll kill you right here in my office, I suppose. Uh, and Luca chooses to leave. Uh, Victor has him stashed away in a GCAC room. And Summer <laughs> ends up catching an eyeful of Natalie's computer since she's got the camera pointed right on Victor. And Victor is telling Adam he has to go take care of Luca. I've got him stashed away, and now you need to go finish the job. Tons left up to interpretation there, of course. So as Summer's watching this, she realizes she has to rush out and be the super girl. She has to rescue poor, helpless Luca. She finds him in the GCAC hotel room, which really just shows Luca that he's his plan is working, that he's getting to Summer, that he's formed an alliance, an actual true uh, friendship, or so she thinks with someone in the Newman family and no, Summer just she goes out of her way to help him she pulls her like 
I'm a Newman brat routine and lures the security guard away to help her walk her to her car. And, and in the meantime, Luca ends up... Adam comes to the hotel room and he, and Luca just kind of disappears off the landscape for an episode. So there's this question in Summer's mind of, uh, wait a minute, did, did Adam kill Luca? Summer actually believes that Victor told Adam to go kill Luca and Adam did it. Did any of you believe for even one moment that Adam actually did kill Luca? Because it was left to be a little bit of a mystery for the viewer, but did did I mean did anyone doubt for even one moment that Luca would be end up being the scary figure that was pounding on Summer's door in the middle of the rainstorm? I mean, it was such a, a weird tangent to take, uh, and I, it's hard to believe that anyone would be so naive to believe it, but Summer believes it. Ah, I don't know why. YNR always needs to put Summer right into the middle of a horror mystery movie. <laughs> they just, she looks like such a fool. And I want to like Summer, by the way. I kind of like having the opportunity to see her a little bit more um, and actually doing something and pushing the storyline forward and having opinions. So I do, I kind of am liking Summer this week. I thought she looked great, by the way. I loved the white kind of peplum top that she had on in the first part of the week and then she switched over to that little plaid dress with the black tights underneath and um, just looked so cute and comfy and plaid dresses must be in because Chelsea had on this beautiful cute little plaid dress too. <laughs> so everybody looked fabulous this week but I mean come on. Summer is, she is such a fool in this situation. Uh, Luca c comes back, he's not dead, he's revealed himself, and he starts telling or presenting this line of information to Summer like, uh, poor me, you know, I, I, you know, I just, I just got kidnapped, <laughs> yeah, by Victor, but I still really want his approval. I can't go home to my family empty-handed, so I want to stay here in Genoa City and become an ally to your grandpa. Give me a break. Summer, please allow me to introduce you to the wool. It's being pulled over your eyes. I can't believe that you can't see it. Luca is using her. Summer is the one who recognized Billy's voice uh, when Lucas, Luca discovered that Natalie has been texting some mystery number, so they call it together. And of course, it's Billy on the other end. Luca never would have known who that was. It was Summer who helped him put the pieces together. It's Summer who's facilitating Luca... And his, his furthering of the blackmail. Um, <laughs> Billy figures out that it was through Natalie that it was Luca who made that phone call, and Billy comes and confronts Luca. While Luca busts out his <laughs> CD or DVD of secrets <laughs> that he's collected, and he says, "You know, actually, you can you can go ahead and expose me all you want, or I could tell you." why it is that Phyllis hates Victor so much. You want to know? All you got to do is cut me in on the deal and this little CD DVD is yours. Cut me in on Natalie's project and here you go. And of course, yeah, yeah, Billy definitely wants to know what it is. He wants to know the secret. So of course, he takes it. He learns 
all of the truth about Marco, and he goes straight to Jack, which is a great little scene. Billy is accusing Jack of being soft on Victor, and oh my goodness, Jack just blew up at him. You you think I don't care about what Victor did? I, I am living a nightmare that I cannot wake up from. I mean, it was such a, a powerful moment. I mean, Peter Bergman just, mm, he just punched it, you know, but I think it's also feeding into this idea that nobody understands why Jack is having the reaction he's having. It's making Jack look weak, and it's just going to be one more thing that bonds Phyllis and Billy together. They're both going to feel like they've been wronged by Victor. They're both going to feel like Jack should have stood up. Jack should have been the man and and led this charge. Jack should have done something about this, but he didn't. And I think it's going to bond them together even more. Uh, Summer... The poor thing is thrust into the middle of all of this. Uh, she tells her mom just unwittingly, "Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I suspect that Natalie is working with again. He's, she's working with Billy against Victor." And Phyllis has to, you know, come clean and tell her that, "Well, sorry, <laughs> the truth is, I'm working with uh, with Natalie too." So that's going to come next week and fully unravel that Summer's going to learn that truth about uh, her mother. I mean, honestly, Summer may have been the only ally Victor had left, and I'm just really kind of waiting with anticipation for Summer to find out that Victor hired the man who killed her husband. Of course, I did enjoy the fireworks that took place in the hospital waiting room uh, over, I think it was just beginning on Monday's show. The, the hospital waiting room is always a wonderful source of drama. I mean, Nick and Sharon are not wanting to believe that Noah could have committed this crime, and Victoria is being real vicious towards Sharon, says something to her about, oh, something, something referencing the fact that she pushed Phyllis down the stairs. I mean, it was real catty there. <laughs> uh, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I had been waiting for Victor and Noah to finally come face to face, and we did see that on Monday. I don't know why I expected anything other than Victor to be completely unapologetic. He has no remorse at all for, if, I mean, if he doesn't have remorse for what he did to Phyllis, why would he have remorse for what he did to Noah? And he just flat out says to Noah, well, here's your lesson. This is your lesson. Don't ever take me on. Uh, I would say Noah probably learned that lesson handily. Uh, last week's poll results from YRChat.com was were, would you have turned Noah in for the hit and run crime just like Victor did? 83% said no way, not under these circumstances. So it seems like the majority of YNR chatters were totally against Victor on this move. I, it almost seems like the majority of YNR chatters, I'm going to assume, presumably, probably YNR fans are kind of sick of Victor and kind of sick of all of these things that he does in the name of the fan. It seems like maybe if Victor is going to ultimately have a downfall, maybe that's what the fans want to see. Um, I tell you, I, I feel 
annoyed. I want to see Marissa's downfall. I, I I just am so annoyed with her right now. She started out with so much pros, pro, uh, excuse me, um, uh, promise. <laughs> and she's just turned into this really annoying character. I was annoyed by the fact that she falsely confessed to Dylan to being the one who was driving the car. I was annoyed that Nick ended up bailing her out of jail. And Nick even said, well, Marissa didn't do anything wrong. So I'll just bail her out of jail. Really? Marissa didn't do anything wrong? Uh, I don't even want to get into it. She just bugs me. I'm going to assume it seems like pretty much all of the hit and run stuff is going to end up getting swept under the rug, at least for now. Nikki makes a very juicy phone call to who? Judge Moxley <laughs> calls her to a little luncheon. You know, uh, Judge Moxley, who is Genoa City's newest get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> and uh, Nikki has no problem just wielding her power. She tells Judge Moxley, this is what you're going to do. You are going to get Noah out of jail, get him out of all of these charges, or I'm going to tell the world about your affair with my husband. I... Woo! It was, I mean, Nikki, this whole week, oh, this whole week has been wonderful, but um, I, sh I couldn't help noting that Nikki was being very Victor in that moment. It's like Nikki has learned from the best and blackmail is best served over toast in this town. So, uh, okay, fine. Um, Judge Moxley agrees. All right, fine. I'm just going to make sure that Noah gets community service. But how long can you people keep playing this card? How long is, is it going to go on? I mean, I really, I did like seeing Nikki be assertive. I liked Nikki actually using the Newman name <laughs> to get something done because Nikki's always been the, the anti-Victor in so many ways. Jack commented on it this week, but I kind of liked seeing her get aggressive in that way. But and uh, there is an even bigger part of me that likes the idea of seeing Judge Moxley's revenge. Nick and Sharon are disillusioned by the idea of what Noah has done, yet bonded by this desire to save him, to help him, to get him right back onto the straight and narrow path. Dylan, on the other hand, is just trying to do his job. This whole situation with Noah has really caused a, a strong break in the foundation of Sharon and Dylan's relationship. Sharon blames Dylan for not doing more to help Noah, to not, you know, look the other way when it comes to this crime. In fact, you know, Sharon actually said to him, oh, I see, your new job is more important than our family, which is so completely unfair of her, I think, anyway. Um, and it's just further working to rebond Nick and Sharon together, which I do love. Um, the storm rolls through Genoa City. Nick and Sharon make it back to uh, her cottage together, and um, there's no power, and there's no lights, and there's no heat. Well, except body heat. <laughs> oh my lord. Nick and Sharon sitting cozy by the fire with their little blankets. Oh, you know I just lapped that 
up and I just about died when Sharon brought up she, like she's like remember the last time we were caught where we were stuck in a no power situation together it was just we were at the cabin where Faith was conceived um it was just so cold and there was no other way to get warm we couldn't warm up until we you know <laughs> oh that was precious um first of all I have to say I remember that it was so scandalous that Nick and Sharon had slept together because he was still married to Phyllis and I mean I'm pulling this from memory I'm gonna assume I'm right um but I believe he was still married to Phyllis maybe they were having problems I mean they were always having problems remember when Phyllis's main mission in life was always just to hang on to Nick and she was always desperately trying to hang on to Nick and even though he was clearly still in love with Sharon and was constantly rescuing Sharon and there there was just this one I think I even made a video reaction of it I think I did uh because I was so shocked there was just this one little moment where out of nowhere at the cabin they just had sex and of course that was when Faith was conceived and I thought it was um so inappropriate that Sharon would bring it up. Can you even believe that Sharon is the one that brought that up? I think that's very telling. I mean, you don't make winky winky, remember that time we did it, comments to, <laughs> to someone if you're not interested. I mean, Nick and Sharon have always had the passion. They've always had the heat. They've always had the fire. They've always had great sex scenes. Like it's clear that that is one of the things that one of the one of the glues that kept Nick and Sharon together was they they're just two people that always felt very passionate about one another. And I guess that fire can only be held down for so long before it begins to bubble up again. Well, Dylan was not happy to to walk into his home, his home now, okay, and find Nick getting snuggy with his wife. I mean, they were cuddling, they were snugged. It, I mean, if I walked in on that, let me tell you, I would not be happy either. I cannot say I blame him. I cannot say I, I, I that I blame Dylan in any of this. I think he did confront Sharon about it and say, yeah, I, I, I tell you, everything that's going on with Noah is one thing, but I'm not happy to have seen you and Nick here together. So I think I, it's, it's like, I don't know if it's an unhinging of Sharon or I, I don't know what's causing her to completely disconnect from her husband because she is. She's chosen to not trust. I guess it's because she never really understood or approved of him taking that job. Um, so it's it's just there's it's she's just decided to stop understanding Dylan, stop supporting him in this whole new career choice. And I guess naturally she's looking over to Nick uh, as some Someone who who is supportive and who does look after the family and who is look at, at looking after Noah. It just took no time at all. Uh, I just think that I, I. But I do think that it's not fair. It's not fair to Dylan at all. Um, so <laughs> the roads were far too bad for Nick and Sharon to go anywhere. They were trapped in the cottage. But Sage decided to <laughs> take the two kids who she was babysitting, uh, little Faith and Sully, and tromp all the way over to Adam's condo. I mean, like she, Sage just Faith is all scared and annoying. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. And uh, she's looking for a place to take the kids where there's shelter. There's no lights on anywhere. No heat anywhere except for Adams. <laughs> it's the only place she could think to go. So she brings in the kids. There was some really funny interaction between Adam and Faith. It was adorable. And Adam... And in quotes, Sully, we as the audience know that Adam is holding his son when he's holding what he thinks is Sharon's baby. And there's just this natural bond. Sage is in the background looking at at them and, and no one in this situation knows. I mean, it's just crazy to me because Adam only thinks he knows the secret about Sage's baby. He only knows the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we're watching these two parents hold this child and neither one of them knows that it's theirs. Ugh. Yet on some instinctual level, it's clear that Sage at least knows that the child is hers. She's continually having these terrible nightmares with just in general a feeling of wanting to protect, wanting to find her child. And it's obviously part of the reason she's not able to really fully move on, um, even though she's trying so hard with her life. I thought meeting with the adoption coordinator this week was such a great idea. I mean, I, it didn't occur to me that they were going to do that, but Nick and Sage met with the adoption coordinator um, and they both seemed so excited and Sage seemed really ready to move on, but it did make me really sad, really sad, when Sage immediately dismissed the idea of adopting an older child. She really very much wants an infant. She wants to form the bond early, which I do understand, but Cassie was an older child that Nick adopted, and that bond was very real, and there are so many older children who need adoption too, and it just makes me sad that everybody, you know, everybody wants the newborn babies, and but if you're an older kid, forget it. So that, I don't know, that was kind of a bummer, but um, I, I don't know. I The thing is, even though I thought this is such a great idea, you guys, I saw this Dateline episode on, on adoption stamps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you saw it too. Um, I think it's an NBC, Dateline's NBC, but um, but there was this whole thing about how women will um, make you think that you're gonna get to adopt their baby and then they and they take all your money and get you to pay them and get you to pay like for their services and everything and at the end of the day there's like no baby. Maybe there was a baby, maybe there wasn't, but at the end you don't get it. So I'm kind of worried that this whole situation is going to lead to something bad. I mean the adoption coordinator tells them that they have a teenager who's in her third trimester who found Sage and Nick's profile online and expressed interest in them being the ones to adopt her baby. But to me, I think, well, if this person saw the Newman name or somehow recognized Nick or, I don't know, or Sage on the profile, maybe she could be a gold digger or worse. So Chelsea had to admit to Billy this week that she knew Noah was the hit-and-run driver. She knew the truth and didn't tell Billy. And then she turns around and is needling Adam to tell her the truth because she doesn't like it when the truth is being held. 
Hmm, that seemed like a little bit of a contradiction there, Chelsea. But I also understand where she's coming from. Chelsea's not happy about the fact that Adam does not tell her the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Uh, she doesn't like that he's involved with Victor at all. She, she doesn't like that she knows damn well that Victor is holding something over Adam's head that's preventing them from moving forward with their life, and Adam refuses to tell her about it. Adam tries to do his very best dance to not have to tell her. I mean, I came back from the dead for you. I ran into a burning building for you, which I totally get. Both of those things are true. This is certainly not about do you love your wife? That's not the question. But Chelsea's asking him, begging him, what I need from you is to trust your wife. I need you to just trust me with the truth. So he does. Wow. Wow, I, I wasn't expecting that. I, I had no anticipation that this week Adam was just going to flat out tell Chelsea the whole story about Christian, the full truth. Tells, uh, I mean, the full truth to Chelsea and to the audience for the first time that he knew, suspected Sage's baby was his. He bribed the lab tech and had the paternity test results switched, uh, that Sage had no idea about it that Adam just felt for any number of reasons that this is what was best for everyone. And he, I mean, Chelsea has shock face, tears in eyes, absolutely stunned, while Adam is trying to explain his frame of mind at the time, and he really opened up about it, that he just didn't feel like it would do any good if he was the father, uh, that Sage seemed very happy, they both seemed very happy. He didn't want want to break up the relationship and the new bond that he was forming with his own family, with Chelsea, with Connor. Uh, And so that's why he switched the paternity test results. Uh, And and then after the child died, it it just got worse for him. I mean, he tells Chelsea, I had to to deliver the baby. I had to deliver my own child, knowing it was my own child, not being able to tell anyone. Then I lost the baby. I had to suffer alone through all of this. Which, by the way, he didn't. He nobody made Adam not. Nobody made Adam switch the paternity test results. Nobody made Adam refuse to tell Chelsea. Adam didn't have to suffer alone. He chose to suffer alone. But this is the point where we put Chelsea's understanding to the test because how could you not? Uh, I mean, this is the man that you married, Chelsea. I didn't marry him. I think I would probably have different reactions. I wouldn't have, I mean, maybe, maybe I could have married him, but I wouldn't have stayed married him. I just, I just know that my threshold of putting up with this would have been over by now. <laughs> as much as I love the character of Adam, I love him from a distance. <laughs> um, would not want to be married to that man, but... Chelsea did choose him. This is what she, what basket she chose to put her eggs in, and now she needs to understand this man that she married twice and try to empathize. And I, I wasn't sure. I thought, you know, maybe she could, maybe she can understand, but maybe she can't forgive. I don't know what her reaction uh, is going to be, but she 
on the surface, you know, embraced him and said, okay, it's going to take me some time, but I, I'm going to try to live with this. I'm going to try to understand this and I'm going to try to help you through it, which is to her credit. But the thing is, if, if she can accept the truth about Christian now, she's going to have to accept the truth when it's revealed that Sully is Christian. Adam still, his son is still alive. Adam still has a son. So this is, it's a story that's going to continue to unfold. I mean, Chelsea's going to have to uh, incorporate that child into their lives and it's going to be sticky because it's going to bond Sage and Adam. And now here's the other question. (sighs) Chelsea feels like, okay, now the truth is out. I understand why uh, the, the thing that you were keeping from me, but if so the truth is out if victor was blackmailing you with this it's no longer a powder keg it's been it's a bomb that's been diffused let's just leave town let's no longer deal with victor let's get out of here start our lives let's go to paris let's do all the things that we always say we're going to do this is so nikki and victor um and uh, he doesn't want to do it i mean he has this look in her his eyes she looks takes one look at him and says you're not gonna leave are you Oh, oh, she realizes, oh, this, this, that, that's a fool's paradise. You are not going to leave. So it left us on this wonderful cliffhanger for this story for the week. I don't know if they're going to come back and address it next week, but wow, this is the question for you. Feel free to leave your predictions here. What is it that's keeping Adam here? Why? It, it, all other things being equal now. He thinks the child's dead. He doesn't have, he's not being blackmailed by Victor anymore. Why doesn't Adam want to leave Genoa City? Leave me your comments. Gary had left me a message, um, I think it was either in the early part of this week or early last week, and he kind of gave me this heads up that there was an article in Soap Opera Digest that indicated we're going to be seeing kind of a different Hillary, that Hillary's motivation is no longer just going to be the men in her life, that she is going to be more career-minded, career-focused, and sure enough, bam, right in the series of this week's shows, Hillary's starting to show a different side of herself. She bats her eyes, her eyelashes at Devon saying, oh, maybe I should take over the big important project for Ashley. If Ashley's in hospital and not doing very well, maybe I, someone who has no experience really, should take over this multi-million dollar project and I should take all of the fame and all of the glory when it comes to fruition. That's what I took from it anyway. Um, And I tell you, Devon... Mmm, he, I was afraid because I thought Devon is just going to fall for this. I mean, she is just stringing him along, getting whatever she wants, and he just does it. I mean, last week when they made love for the first time, she was, you know, he expressed that he uh, was not 100% sure about them even getting back together. And she said, oh, but Devon, look at my sexy lingerie. And he said, okay. He jumps right in bed with her. I love Hillary. I don't know why, but I love this. I love her so much, and I shouldn't, and I'll be over it in a couple weeks, but she's so fantastic right now. So I thought he's going to do the exact same thing when it comes to her little business idea, but I will give him credit. He didn't. 
He did not. Uh, he he actually, like, Ashley comes in and sees Hillary sitting behind her desk and says, what? <laughs> I don't think so. And it was a great kind of um, confrontation between the two women, which I'm thinking, ooh, that'd be really cool to see in the future. I would kind of like to see Hillary versus Ashley vying for um, a, vying for the head position at this new company. You could throw in Abby. I mean, there's all kinds of juicy potential there. I really, really like it. But I will give Devon credit. He said, you know what? You both are really smart ladies. You figure it out. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that Hillary could take over for Ashley. She has a lifetime of experience um, and she's working very closely with Dr. Neville. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was very interesting. The other little winters related note that I have to say is that I mean, last week Neil was a raging alcoholic passing out in a hotel room ended up in the hospital this week he's opening up a center for recovering alcoholics that happened at light speed I appreciate that Neil's trying to do everything he can to get his act back together but I don't know if I buy it there's something just a little too quick about this particular recovery I like that he's working with Jack I hope that that they do actually open up uh, the rehab center. Lord knows Genoa City needs one. I think Nikki's going to be their very first check-in. Newman Enterprises eats people's souls. <laughs> and certainly no one would want that to happen to their daughter. It was Phyllis who said that last week. That's last week's quote answer. I had a couple of people guess Adam, and I think that's a very good guess too. I mean, really, Billy could have said it. Jack could have said it. Any of the Abbots could have said Newman Enterprises eats people's souls. But it was a great Phyllis moment, I thought, and it stood out to me. Uh, Victoria Austin and Naomi, Connor, Adam, Ellen, Robbie, Tanya, Sharita, uh, let's see, Soiree on, wait, I gotta get this one right, Soiree on Rose, <laughs> I love that name, got it right, uh, Candida, Katie, Tawny, and let's see, I think that's everybody who got it right. Now, I just realized that this week's Who Said It quote is sort of um, similar in the, in the Newman vein. I didn't realize I was doing two Newman-related quotes two weeks in a row, but we'll see if you can uh, guess it either way. It's another one of those things, like everybody has an opinion on the Newman, so who said this? Things always seem to work out if your name is Newman. It's kind of true, isn't it? <laughs> Things always seem to work out when your last name is Newman. Sorry, I got that almost wrong. Uh, so who do you think said that in Genoa City this week? You can go to yrchat.com if you'd like to leave your guess. And if you get it right, then I will give you your shout out on next week's chat. Let's read some of your comments. I got two pages of them this week, so we have a lot of opinions. Um, okay, I really love Daisy's Facebook message to me this week because it's going to give us the opportunity to speculate a little bit about Adam. Daisy says, I'm glad that Adam told Chelsea 
I just don't know why he won't leave with her. It may be Nikki's plan. Someone else newly against Victor to get Newman Enterprises for himself. But maybe Nikki's plan is not the reason Adam wants to stay. Maybe it's because he wants to be closer to Sage and he's still grieving the loss of their child. Hmm. Also, I, I want to say quickly uh, that Daisy also mentions, why would Nikki go to Adam for help getting Victor away from his company? Why not Victoria? Hmm. So I, I, I thought that was a really good point, too, because just first of all, just digging into this a little bit, it's um, it feels like everybody's always sidelining Victoria because she's the moral one. It's like everybody wants to protect her. They don't want her to get her hands dirty as if getting your hands dirty is the only way to do business. So, I mean, I, maybe it's that Nikki didn't want to put Victoria in the middle. I guess I could see that. Maybe um, not using someone in your family uh, as uh, cannon fodder would be maybe a good idea, which is something Victor wouldn't do. But it just in general kind of bothers me that everybody acts like Victoria. I mean, Victoria should be the one at the helm of all of this. I think Victoria is the brightest one of all of Nick's or of Victor's children. So I don't, I mean, certainly brighter than Nick. And I think she's, I think she's smarter than Adam in different ways. I mean, and so I don't know. I don't know why, uh, why Victoria is always kind of pushed to the side. But anyway, the better juicier part of it is <laughs> why doesn't Adam want to leave Genoa City? Because I hadn't thought about the Nikki thing. That did not occur to me because, uh, I mean, most certainly Adam has got to be on board with the let's get revenge on Victor thing. And I'm wondering if Adam either wants to be present as a front row seat to see Victor go down or if he wants to participate in Victor going down, or if we're going to see some kind of twist where Adam ends up being the one to save Victor. I don't know, but no doubt Sage has got to have something to do with it. There was this little moment, oh my goodness, right? Uh, I mean, it was it was a little nothing, but Chelsea and Adam were leaving a room, and Sage and Nick were entering a room, and just before Adam walked out the door, he looked back at Sage. It's clear that he's having feelings for her, and it's. I don't think he's going to say it to Chelsea. I mean, on a, certainly, I would imagine we're going to see Monday, Tuesday's show, a follow-up on Adam and Chelsea. I cannot imagine that he's just going to say, well, babe, it's because of fallen in love with Sage, but I think that might be the subtext here, which I find very interesting. Oh, one more thing Daisy said. Um, I hope this is not the end for Victor, but I'm wondering if Eric Braden is retiring and this storyline is the beginning of the end for him. Victor's rotten family takes him down. I don't want that for this character. I just could not resist uh, commenting on this too because the same thing has occurred to me. Um, I mean, I love, I just love Eric Braden so much I, and I love Victor so much and I worry that they're going to pull him all the way down and is this going to be the end? I mean, I'm constantly thinking, is he going to retire? Is he ever going to retire? I don't know what the contract status is. They don't usually want to go into that. There's always speculation that Eric Braden's leaving. It's like it comes up every year. Um, and I don't know anything about that at all. But there was a part of me that was like, gosh, I hope this, I hope they're not heading in like the end of Victor sort of direction, because that's not what I want to see. I mean, I've watched this show for pretty much my entire life. I've watched the show for longer than I've not watched the show, and like uh, constantly, like every episode. Uh, and Victor has been the central character for me. It, uh, please, YNR, do not 
pull Victor. I don't, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't agree with everything that Victor does, but I don't want to see the end of Victor's story be a sad, I don't want to see Victor, like, die alone. And that's so depressing. Please don't do that, YNR. I need to see Victor go out on top, please. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Gina left me some great voicemails this week, but she hit on an idea that I hadn't thought of, so I thought I'd bring this up. Um, is there any chance that there is a double Victor? Because we are seeing a lot of weird stuff going on from Victor. He's never really had a double storyline. And I'm just, that for some reason, that's piqued my interest. Because it's like, I don't know. Uh, and who, if so, who could be behind it? Who would it be that would be having a double Victor on the scene? It's, it's probably much preferable for me to believe that someone else is doing uh, all of the bad things and not my, not my Victor. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Gary left me a voicemail uh, that I, I was I was kind of hoping somebody else would mention this. So I'm glad you did, uh, Gary. He says, you know, <laughs> Donald Trump is very similar to Victor Newman in a lot of ways. <laughs> Every day he pulls a new rabbit out of his hat. I mean, you know, w without being political in any way, it's if you're in the U.S. and you have any awareness of the upcoming presidential elections, Donald Trump is very out there. It has occurred to me from the very beginning of Donald Trump's run for presidency that I feel like what we're seeing with him is an what if Victor Newman ran for presidency storyline. I, it would probably be exactly the same. There's, and I was thinking, I didn't. I just was kind of waiting for somebody else to say it first because I thought, boy, I instead of all of this taking Victor down thing, I almost would have rather seen a Victor Newman runs for president storyline that paralleled Donald Trump's uh, run for the presidency. I think that would be kind of entertaining and a little bit maybe tongue in cheek or something by YNR. I thought, I think that'd be fun. There, they would probably never do it. Nikki ran for Senate one time though. I don't, I think, did Jack maybe run too? I think Jack tried to run against her in the early part of it or something. So, I mean, wouldn't that be fabulous? <laughs> Victor Newman thinks the last thing he needs to do, the last feather in his cap needs to be running for presidency and it could parallel uh, whatever the results of the election end up being. Um, so I thought that was a great point. I love it. And, hey, if anybody else wants to make parallels between Victor Newman and Donald Trump, feel free to let them rip. I think that's a really funny comparison uh, and true, a true comparison. Uh, Marion left me a voicemail very early uh, in the week and says, I can no longer stand Victor. I hope Nikki has it in her to overthrow him, but I don't think it will work. Um, just like Adam, I'm surprised she still loves him and still finds excuses for him. I know, I know, Marion. Um, and, and given that that was the beginning part of the week, I think this comment came in before Nikki kind of expressed that she was done with him. But it's like Nikki's never really done with Victor. It's like even when she says she's done, she's not done. I feel like this is just uh, another little blip in their separation and they'll end up back together one way or the other. Uh, Connor left me a voicemail and he says, I'm with Nikki. Victor needs 
needs to learn his lesson. And I just, uh, that uh, perked my ears up when you said that, Connor, about Victor learning a lesson because that's exactly what Victor said to Noah on Monday's show, that you needed to learn your lesson. So it's kind of like Victor getting a taste of his own medicine here. Uh, Jasmine left a comment at YRChat.com that said, I just really want to say that I love seeing Sharon be a little feisty to Victoria while Noah was in the hospital. Victoria was completely out of line when she said something about Sharon pushing Phyllis down the stairs. I feel like this is the medicated Sharon we all know, the mama bear Sharon. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was a good moment and I'm loving Sharon right now too, except I just feel bad about, I feel bad for Dylan. I don't know what, what's going to end up with, what's going to end up happening to Dylan. Um, Samuel on Facebook says, I think, this is really astute too, I think Phyllis is mad with Jack, not because he told anyone, but because she didn't want to appear weak and stupid because she didn't recognize uh, her own husband. I think her self-pride is more damaged because she's never been a victim, and now that she is, she doesn't know how to handle it because she doesn't want to talk about what happened. Wow, that is such a good point. Man, I mean, it is true. I especially love that about she's never been a victim and now she doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, I think Phyllis is just humiliated over the whole thing that happened with Marco. She's embarrassed over everything that happened with Marco. And rather than getting some counseling or dealing with it with her husband directly, she is choosing to deal with it in the only way that she knows how, which is by being Phyllis, like on steroids or something. Uh, Henry on Facebook says, Allie, I think you're on to something regarding computer geek Natalie. It would seem that Judge Judge Marksley would have sent her out of the country to Switzerland in an attempt to hide the affair with Victor that, of course, produced a love child. And, of course, Judge Moxley is back in the cast for a reason, I think. Yes. Oh, Henry, I 100% expected Judge Moxley's scene with Nikki to end only to have her knocking on Summer and Natalie's door. I completely expected her to show up there and want to talk to her daughter, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. But I just think, I think so. I feel like that's going to happen, too. That's where my head is. Uh, Tawny on YouTube says, I think Max is a good fresh twist, though, uh, since I can't feel any chemistry with the marriage of Ben and Abs. Now she's pregnant. Uh, maybe this will draw me into their storyline. And Aaron on YouTube says, OMG, I love Max right now. He's a little crazy, but this is the first time we've seen a kid being psycho. I'm excited about this. I can totally see Max causing Abby to lose the baby, which is probably what's going to happen. I love it, and I want it. And let's not forget that mental illness runs in his family. So, yes, I was so glad to see people thumbs upping the Max storyline that we talked about last week. There was just one little brief follow-up where we uh, learned that Max got in a fight at school. It was never really, they didn't add anything else to that, but we're seeing just a few more seeds being planted that Max is very, very deeply disturbed. And Aaron, I hadn't thought about the fact that that mental illness runs in his family, but that is true. His aunt is Kelly, and she went a little off the rails. So yeah, wow. 
Um, Anna says, uh, left me a voicemail and says, I'm happy to get the couples shake up I've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, it seems like this week was the couples shake up. I mean, everything's kind of busting up between Jack and Phyllis and Sharon and Dylan and Adam and Chelsea. I mean, it seems like that mix is kind of on the way. And Consuela at YRChat.com says, I love that we're seeing Young and the Restless deliberately giving us a preview of the shaking up of the couples. We're seeing Nick and Sharon stuck together in a storm. We see Chelsea and Dylan, that's one I forgot, at the coffee house, and Sage ends up at Adam's house to keep warm. I'm most excited about the Sage-Adam duo. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too, like, what's going to happen to Dylan? Where's he left in all this? But it, it, it is clear that uh, Chelsea had a little uh, meeting with Dylan, and they were connecting as friends, so maybe that's where it's headed. It also, I also thought early in the week, maybe Chelsea and Billy, but I think Billy, Jack, Phyllis, I think that's Billy Jack Phyllis Victoria is kind of contained over there, but maybe it will end up being Dylan and Chelsea, Sharon and Nick, Adam and Sage. Um, oh my gosh, Clinton left me such a charming voicemail that just made my day. He's uh, he's writing to YNR to start a campaign to get me a walk-on role on the show. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my goodness, what would I do as a walk-on role on YNR? I feel like, um, you know how YNR always does uh, the, like, it's sort of, um, lame and cheeky when they have somebody on the show uh, that that you're supposed to recognize or something, which I can tell you just right off the bat, like 1% of YNR fans probably, maybe less than 1% would ever recognize me. Uh, but maybe I could come on with like a microphone and I could do, I could be a reporter and I could be maybe asking Neil about his new rehab center and, I could, and it could be like tongue in cheek. I could say, oh, excuse me, Mr. Winters, would you like to chat about your new rehab center? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Even in my wildest dreams, I, I can't imagine getting a walk-on role on YNR. I almost think in my wildest dreams, what I would love more than anything, <laughs> if I close my eyes and just fantasize, what I would love more than anything is to have like a midnight tour of the YNR set. Like, <laughs> I want to see, like when all the hustle and bustle is calmed down, I just want to sneak onto the set. <laughs> I just want to look around. Like, maybe hang out in Sharon's little cottage, maybe sit in that dragonfly chair for a second or eat little things. I'd love to look around the sets and just see this week uh, we were in Summer's apartment and I noticed that up on the top of that armoire in the background there was these hear no evil, speak no evil, uh, see no evil owls, like those little vases that were on top of the armoire and that's like just one of those little things that you don't normally, it was not even in focus. So it was just I just happened to notice it and I thought gosh I bet there's so many little Easter eggs on the sets and things like that that uh, that you know real fans of the show would know and love and recognize. Or uh, shoot, if you want to start a, a a campaign, what let, we should do like a group tour or something like why <laughs> our chatters get to go in. Like I'd love to get all of you guys together and do like a group tour. We could all hang out and chat and see the set. Maybe meet some of the actors. I'd be so afraid to meet the actors. I'd probably slip and fall on my. I'd be Natalie. <laughs> I would be Natalie on that set, drip, tripping and falling and being dorky all over the place. But oh my goodness, I've thought, yeah, I've thought so many times like, 
I mean, I don't know why I've never, it's never occurred to me to do a, to go to one of the Weiner fan events, because I know they've got the actors and stuff there, um, and that, I'm sure that would be really fun, and I know a couple of you have definitely been to Weiner fan events. Um, do they still do them? Surely they do. I'd love to hear from people who've, has anybody been on the set? Has anybody been to, met any of the actors or anything like that? I'd, I'd love to uh, hear any of your behind the scenes YNR stories this week. And thank you, Clinton. That's so, so sweet. Uh, I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. No, I'm just going to have to imagine myself wandering around the YNR set and all of the things I could touch. Okay, my friends, I think that just about does it for me. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but um, I'm just going to assume I'm not. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed this week's show. I mean, it was bombshell. I loved it. I know you did. I can't wait to hear your comments. Uh, a couple different ways that you can send me your comments and maybe even get yours read on the next YR Chat. You can go to yrchat.com, leave comments on the blog. You can also vote in the poll and um, leave your guess for the Who Said It quote and see my photo caption and all that good stuff there. And of course, you can find the links to YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I get a lot of comments through there. I love reading those. And uh, the voicemail, 309-588-4569. I love hearing your comments and your voices and your enthusiasm. And uh, I, I just, I love doing YNR chat. And I thank you guys so much for all of your support and love. And I feel it. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Okay, you guys, have a good one. Bye.